What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Lord Devry. And I'm Derwin King. And welcome back to another episode of That Black Boy Joy, where we create a space where Black boys can be themselves and... So much more. Yeah! Today! <laughs> Come, on. Come on. I'm excited. I, Dan, Devin, I want you to do it. Come on, girl. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> we have a very, very special guest with us today, my good friend, Miles E. Johnson, writer, author, psychic, DJ, and overall creative. Oh, and creative director. Oh, come on. So glad to have you here today. I'm so glad to be here. How are you doing? Like, what's going on in your life? Like, a quick synopsis and things about it. I'm doing you. good. Um, staying still. <laughs> 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 I think that's been called for most people. Um, staying still, being creative, um, and just like really just using. I think sometimes, like in the world, you can like be put on go, and I think it's just very rare. I can't, you know, I'm a little bit of a of, of a nostalgic geek, and I can't really think of a moment where like things have like actually been called to stop mm-hmm. uh, or been called to like slow down the way that it has. So I'm just really um, utilizing that, and like it wasn't what I expected, but also like you know, the lemons, the lemonade. So you just figure out what's a, what, where you fit inside of that, the cycle, you know, so. Yes. Sidebar, I also noticed that you, like, have been listening to Flo Millie, like. Yeah. <laughs> what's that energy? I know you talk about, like, you know, things being at a standstill, but, like, Flo Millie won't make you want to just go. So, like, well, what is. all, things have been on the standstill. So when you have Flo Millie and you need to work out because you've been ordering Uber. Yes. <laughs> Every other day, and you you listen to Flo Millie, you're like, okay, I can kind of move my body. That yeah, I can. You know, it's cute to be quarantined in the house and it's slow moving, but then you start noticing that things are fitting a little bit left. Right. Want them to fit, so you're like, okay, let me go ahead and listen to this young one and get my life and have my little party of one in my room. Yeah. You can go, yeah, yeah. Think about that. What else are you listening to right now? Um. Okay, so it's interesting. So I'm listening to Flo Millie, but then like on my regular day, I'm listening to like a lot of like I did like this return to like Anita Baker music. Um, and then I've been like on this like really big. Um, so his name is Archie Shep. He's a like experimental jazz artist. He has a song called Quiet Dawn that I like am in love with. Um, Alice Coltrane um Farrell Sanders there's this um artist from the 70s he still makes music but um he started coming out in the 70s he does this like experimental jazz synth sound his name is Laraji black man who like really incorporates um sound singing sound bowls and synths and all these other Ooh. things out of his music. so I've been like kind of on on my like that stuff and then like punctuated with like Flo Millie and like Nicki Minaj remixes and like that that's been the the balance that spirit mix it up <laughs> like mix it up go from Anita to like flow Millie back to the like jazz come on like I'm here for yeah, it that's been, uh, that's been my, like that right now it is yes that's good so we always ask all of our guests this question but of course with the show Black Boy Joy what does Black Boy Joy uh, mean to you and right now um ooh, I think Black Boy Joy right now for me means um a centeredness i think that again and like so much of joy and how we think about joy is is a lot of times like very reactionary something joyful happens so we react joyfully but i think now in this in this moment we've been like offered 
a moment to have to cultivate joy, decide on joy, deliberately create joy. Um, So like waking up, meditating, like actually choosing which thoughts I choose to entertain, choosing which people (laughs) in situations I choose to entertain and actually cultivating joy because, you know, all these kind of like escapist things that maybe you can get lost into. I'm in New York City, so like there's so a bunch of things. So all those escapist things that you get lost into are closed and you can't, mm. you don't have that access to it. So you actually really have to choose joy. You have to choose um, and cultivate that for yourself. So um, I guess like the short sentence version of that, of that, of that answer is just like it, black boy joy to me right now means a constant like cultivation and choice of, of joy and, 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 and being pretty mindful of if I'm choosing that at any given moment. Yes, I like that. I like that that thought process of what that what that looks like for you right now. So thank you. Yeah, I think it's true too that um, like a lot of people are running to nostalgia right now for those feelings, and which I think I would normally be annoyed with, but like right now I'm like, oh no, I absolutely get it because I've done a lot of it. I've watched Charm like three times over in the last. Yes, you have. <laughs> I'm always like, he's talking about Charmed. He's yeah, always. <laughs> I will say Piper, uh, Leo, Phoebe, Prue. It don't matter to me. Yeah. I do it all day. So um, yeah, I know that, and I've I've accepted and allowed myself grace for things that um, I do that I was trying to not do before. Because now I'm like, well, it's bringing me more joy than anything else, and we'll just we'll assess if it's healthy or not a little later. But as of right now, it'll give me a good reprieve from stress. Yeah, you got me. Can't be. I think that's one thing about this too is that like we sometimes you have to watch how you get sucked into like the capitalist um, like uh, I won't even say capitalist like system like almost like the capitalist imagination mm-hmm. of what productivity looks like when you're being productive. I think that like most of my best ideas come when I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I'm stuff. I think when people say like, oh, I come up with this when I'm in the shower, or when I'm having a bath or when I'm like during sex, like all during these times where you don't feel like you're actually producing anything, you come up with ideas that could actually help you and actually be like beneficial for you because that's, a, that's how our spirits and how our minds work too. Like you need that time to kind of just receive things. And sometimes there's an the energy in those shows. I know that I've been getting my Moesha on and like feeling that vibe of like Mo, like Moesha and like that kind of like black household and like seeing them go to the den and stuff like that has really um, actually nestled me in this like very specific energy that I really haven't located since I was young. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about how that's going to be expressed through different art forms, different projects, different things that maybe won't be productive, maybe just things that I enjoy in my home. But like th- that too is a part of my creation creative process. And I think in this country specifically, we just underestimate those things where like you can go to Italy, yeah. they have like what is it called? Siestas and like yeah. have those like moments of like naps. And it's just we're just we're just a very work focused country. And I yeah. think we're being called to review that into into and organize around something that's not um productivity driven. So watch your charms. <laughs> drink your wine yes i love i've been watching like raven that's so raven like i've been oh, she is funny yes i love it now i've watched raven's home not that girl but raven that's that's a raven it's cute you know it's something cute for the little kids next to gorgeous yeah. you know <laughs> i'm like 
eh, she can give me more, but she's older. She's more mature. Shout out to her being married now and things of that nature. But you know, your point, Miles, about, um, you know, us being work focused. I actually had gotten an email. I was talking to my roommate about this earlier um, from someone in our organization who was, um, who mentioned that we should be working 100% of the time. Um, and also noted that like we shouldn't be multitasking like for the rest of our lives at home. And I remember I read the email, I chose not to get upset about it, but I was interested in the idea that like we're all supposed to continue working um, without acknowledging that we're all under an immense amount of stress or many of us are under an immense amount of stress because of uh, the pandemic. So it's really interesting watching someone like actively ask me to ignore those things or to like not do things to balance myself out in order to get something done. Yeah, and it's interesting too, because I think that like, okay, tell me if I'm getting too heady, but I really <laughs> think ideas, I do think ideas exist on a continuum and ideas are, are eternal, right? So I think that when you look at what the kind of ideas that birthed America, right? And like, when we start thinking about the workforce, we have to return to child slavery. So there's this like slave mentality and a slave owner mentality that have their, that, that yes, people occupy those things, but they're also ideas. And those two are being perpetuated. And right now we're seeing people ha having to occupy those different, those different things. Like to me, that sounds like so say it <laughs> like i'm like i'm like like if i'm being real with you i would have been like hi hope your weekend going well who the fuck are you talking to <laughs> when he told me that i was like who works like a hundred percent in any workspace like and that's the thing right in my at work i was like me and my ancestors have this really this great question of who the fuck are you talking to because hey even when everything was open i'm not working 100 percent of the time because that's no. not why i'm here yeah i'm not i'm not here for that especially with somebody with the bloodline that i come from i'm not mm. here to sweat and work for you like that like are you are you kidding me and are you dumb? and what are you embodying right now that even get grants you that because it can't be actual freedom and justice for all it sounds a little it sounded a little Ku Klux Klan-y. It sounded a little crazy. And I need for you to review it. Specifically. I think that's valid. And I do think that's a large Roll part the tape. <laughs> Roll the tape. <laughs> but before we jump into anything deep or anything heavy, we must talk about our Black Boy Joy Spotlight. It is going out to Miss Pinky Cole of Slutty Vegan. So they have partnered... Um, I believe with the uh, Georgia Department of Juvenile Justice yes, yes. to offer some opportunities for people who are our kids who are coming out of the juvenile detention centers. Uh, so I guess they call them juvenile offenders. But um, I guess the foundation offered ten thousand dollars in scholarships to them, um, and people who have worked at the restaurant have earned their high school diplomas or GEDs, and they're able to pay for college and technical school. I got to see an anecdote from one of the boys whose lives have been changed, have been changed by it. And he just looked so happy. He was like, you know, everything's real chill and relaxed here. Like, I like it. Everybody's nice. It's real peaceful. And like, all the while serving vegan food, which I'm totally down for. So I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Slutty Vegan and to Miss Pinky Cole for being such yes. a beautiful um, advocate for kids who really just needed another opportunity um, and really contributing to Black Boy Joy. Yes, yeah. and I want to name, I do believe she is the first woman that we've actually said was our Black Boy Joy spotlight. And that goes to show like we support and embrace people that 
consistently want black boys, black men to like, you know, show up and show out and be great. So we may have more of that coming. So shout out to Pinky for that. Wonderful. So we're going to talk about um, our hot topics. Um, and then we're going to get into our meat and potatoes as Debbie would Yes, say. the meat and potatoes, honey. <laughs> First and foremost, we're going to talk about the fact that on July 31st at three o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, still mad about it, Beyonce <laughs> released Black is King. Yes. You never take my power. Oh my God. So I just, just... want to say... Come that on, visually, this is obviously the most appealing thing I've seen all year. Um, I really love the gift. I know a lot of people paid it, but like it was good. It's absolutely good. I love all the interludes. I thought they were cute. Every single song is great. The only one I'd be skipping is I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I don't really, me and her are not oh. there. But the rest of it is absolutely perfect. Scar. Oh, Scar, yeah. I love it. I do. I get, I mean, Scar, Jesse Reyes. I mean, I, I like, I like the song. I just like the visuals. When I was watching it, I watched it like three times. I'm just like, this is Black Boy Joy. Okay. This is Black Boy Joy. At the end, she shouted out her son. I was super excited. I was just like, this is the content I need. I need to be nourished. The colors, the music, the vibe. Ah, I was like, come on, Beyonce. I was really happy. And I've also noticed she has HBO. She did Lemonade. Uh, Netflix, she did uh, Homecoming, and then Disney Plus, she has Black as King. I don't know what next she's going to drop something on. It better be Amazon Plus. It might be, I, I mean, Amazon Prime. a deal to do projects with Netflix. Yeah, but she's dropping stuff on all these platforms, and I'm like, get that going. Mm. That whole project is so... I really love, like, wait, am I supposed to be talking? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm like over here, like, hold on. No, you're but in this conversation. I really, 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 really love that project. And I really love how she, like, was able to animate these kind of, like, like, almost like spiritual truths. Like, and it was just really, like, where my mind first went because you know I like to try to see like everything that's going on in culture at one time a lot of times so just like like the whole kind of like Kanye like Jesus King moment was like happening and then she came out with something else called Black is King and then like she really reappropriated or really returned a lot of like Christian like things especially like with Moses and stuff returned it back root so it was almost like without maybe them even knowing it like this like black woman actually kind of like created this like Afrocentric answer to like this Jesus is King narrative that um, <laughs> that this other like this kind of like more like patriarchal like man was like kind of to perpetuate and I was mm-hmm. like oh, cool conversation happening to me and then I just love how she kind of I don't know like that she really animated a lot of like spiritual truths and traditions in ways that I think made people really curious and I like really do return to like that idea that. Um, when Nina Simone had that interview where she said, like, it's, like, her job to, like, make people curious about where they come from, um, mm. they are in their skin. And I think that, like, oh, like, this is on Disney and there's Black, because we are not we are not the age range of the Disney audience. Yeah. So there are 10, 8, 7, 12-year-old Black kids who are now really interested in why that man was painted blue or why these colors were happening or what is Orisha like like these different things that she said on this platform they're now curious about what is 
Beyonce talking about in, in the same way where like I was really curious when I was watching Remember the Time by Michael Jackson and I was like what is this what's going mm. like what, what where is this what's going on and that was one of my first portrayals of African culture was through pop culture or even Janet Jackson's Got to a Song video which mm-hmm. was like blatantly like Africa-centric, but like just like the colors and the people and and what she was doing and made me really curious about again like where I come from and I think that she just did that on a scale that was so beautiful and mm-hmm. at the time it was so needed like I stand absolutely yeah. I uh, when you was bringing it, I was like wow I didn't think of I still I don't know why she did the blue so definitely we can figure it I can talk you can tell me let me know what that was but I'm like it makes me curious now now I'm just like let me go there's a lot of symbolism, a lot of symbolism and like connections to like just a lot of symbolism and a lot of connections to um I would say like just like Ifa and Yoruba traditions but then like mm-hmm. even things like that like are still like my family's like kind of like from like a more like a hoodoo hoodoo mm, back. All right, I got you. Have, like definitely like interconnect in those things, but like just just even the Arisha that she like that she shouted out or that she like embodied during it. Um, it was, it was just re- it was it was really really interesting and beautiful and I, I don't know I'd be so so honored to stand. Yes. <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, because when the gift came out, like I remember feeling like really encouraged like I think that was why I love it so much it wasn't just like it didn't just sound good I thought that she did a really good job of empowering um listeners um and reminding us like where we come from so getting the visuals on top of that I was like damn she really love us like Beyonce really fuck with us on some real shit listen that like little movie you know I'm I'm from Atlanta I love um that move for forever video Mm mm-hmm it's the inner it's that being from Atlanta, like like but Atlanta is like a very um like it's like a theme park of black culture. Like it's yeah. like yes. bling bling comes here, like everything. So like that kind of like exuberance and that kind of like extravagance mm-hmm. met with African culture and that kind of like ret- like returning, like, you know, just having like white butlers do stuff and kind of like creating stuff because like there's a generation of white people who have confidence, who grew up poor, who have a certain sense of confidence and entitlement because they saw Black made, yeah. because they yep. saw Black help. They never even occupied the space of having Black help, but they felt confidence through it. And I'm like, yeah, and you do do, do that, but in reverse, B. Like, <laughs> black switch it up. Who are just like, see a white old person and don't get scared, say, he's supposed to be brushing my teeth. That might actually help. We need to balance things out. <laughs> Do it for us, B. Spirit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, um, Netflix has just put out season two of, like, Umbrella Academy. What are your thoughts? I've only watched, so I'm just naming it, I've only watched, like, two episodes of Umbrella Academy. I just have a lot of shows that I have need to, like, that is on my radar. But, like, I hear so many good things about um, um, Umbrella Academy. Also, the blagger in it, I think she was in Hamilton. So I wanted to... Oh, name. really? Oh, yeah, she was in Hamilton. I forgot. Like, not the, like, original cast, oh. but I definitely know she was in there. And she's also, like, voicing a character in, I think, Central Park. Um, because before the... I'm just going into all these facts, but 
Umbrella Academy, what are y'all thoughts on that? I know. Well, <laughs> I watched it last, I watched the first season simply because Mary J. Blige um, was in it. And mm-hmm. I just, I just want to say first and foremost, because I, if you have not watched that show, please go and watch the first season just to see um, Mary J. Blige. She is a great actress. Yeah. Now, like, as I think one of the most powerful things about her as an artist is like, she is a vocal actress and she puts so much, people always talk about how much emotion she puts into her music. So that makes her a perfect candidate to be an actress and gosh she's just so entertaining all the time so check it out for that and then get into season two which is cute you know it's it's not you know superb it was slightly annoying they underutilized allison but klaus is fine as hell and it's still an interesting story with lesbianism (laughs) okay I'm here for that. <laughs> I am here for that. Also, have you seen it at all, either, uh, Miles? No, you know I do not be watching television. I didn't time. think you did. <laughs> oh, he like, I was just smile. I don't know what this is. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I was the one who really wanted to shout out Umbrella Academy because I want the people to see it. Yeah, then I want y'all to talk about it. There's other. Our listeners are probably watching it as well because it was like something that's like all over Twitter and things like that. But also, the UPN's lineup is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm excited about that. I, the uh, girlfriends, we're going to see the game. Moesha's already started up. Um, sister, sister. Uh, all of these shows are on here and. I know you already talked about Moesha, like, but I'm looking forward to like sister, sister, um, girlfriends. I like the college years of sister, sister. I don't be going back to watch that full thing. I'm sorry. One on one, also one on one. That's the name. That's of that. the one. I can't wait to tear up that damn theme song every single episode. I think like I've been pirating <laughs> girlfriends so much that like no! I'm ex- YouTube. That I'm excited, but like I actually haven't seen one on one. I think since it was off or like very close to it, so I'm really excited to see one on one because I feel like I literally have, have not seen it. Yeah, I, and I don't watch like I'm like very big on like what I do and don't watch, but like so I don't, like I don't do cable. I don't do. I'm just very yeah. Everybody everybody knows that I'm like that. So I'm kind of excited to have somewhere where I can like have it contained without like advertisements and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I'm, exactly. I, I'm glad somebody else had pirated, like, as much as, and I feel bad for saying this a little bit, but I'm mad as hell that they finally put Girlfriends on Netflix because I spent roughly two weeks in Senegal pirating that show. It took me a really, really long time to get it on the uh, external hard drive. (laughs) So now y'all niggas are going to get that shit with little to no effort. Like, all y'all did was ask. I actually did the grunt work. So what you really want to know is there's a lesson in patience that you <laughs> that you have okay. been here to that's, that's six years of patience. I don't know oh, if damn. I had the foresight for that. Well, listen, oh, well, you know what? You're young. So, <laughs> <laughs> so next time something feels too hard, you're like, well, maybe I'd be great. You're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> don't even have the full thing. No way. I don't have season seven. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. There's a metaphor in that. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so I wanted to send out some quick blessings out to um, Frank Ocean, who did lose his uh, brother. He's now an ancestor. He transitioned after a fatal uh, car crash. I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was over the weekend or at the end of last week, um, but just wanted to send out some love and some energy to him. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, B7 came out with Brandy. Um, super excited for that project. Um, she hasn't had music out since I think 211, um, which I'm ex- I was I'm actually excited to hear her voice again and her like little harmonies, her sending like the water, which sometimes I was like, mm, but your yeah, thoughts? I listened to it earlier today and um, I don't know, like I'm gonna have to try it again later when I'm laying in the bed because it was real like, real quiet, real soft. And she sounds really good, but the first couple of songs sounded alike to me. So I'm gonna have to give it a try when I'm a little bit more open to it. I'm not being shady, I'm so serious. Like I was like. It's okay. But our fans love it. Yeah, yeah. Do you, have you listened to it, Miles, yet? Yes, I stand it. I I really do. I really stand it. What's your favorite song? I'm just curious if you have one. Oceans, I really love that song. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really love that song. What is it called? Unconditional Oceans. Unconditional Oceans. She literally sounds like water. <laughs> and Lucid Dreams. is like really good. I really love, yeah. I think, so what's interesting is like her and Solange, specifically like the last two albums of Solange, put me in similar spaces sonically, even though the themes will be different. So like, I feel like sometimes like when I first will listen to like a Solange project, it will actually take me three moments in order to like mm. totally capture A, where she meant to go or where she, where, she, where she has went. And then also like the nuances that make each movement of music feel different because they're both into this kind of like, everything sounding like this cohesive. Yeah. Way. So like I felt like yeah I felt like I felt like um, Brandy really did that too. But like it, what I really love about that project is that she'll go through. She would have these, these moments where like everything sounded like water, since lucid, um, in the air. What it like? What's going on? Like after tripping, and then like there would be these songs that like really use like the tars and trumpets mm-hmm. and it, like wake you up. Yeah, so I'm like I'm like hold on, <laughs> yeah, like it's, like, it's so, like, I love that she kind of was just like, hold on, like, we still can bop. Like, I yeah. love how like, trumpets. It, it reminded me of how, like, on When I Get Home, Solange really used, like, kind of, like, 808, like, beats. So, like, just when you kind of get into this dreamy space, like, she puts in Gucci Mane or Almeida, where it's kind of thing that kind of, like, bumps it up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I love that. I love the jam yeah. session R&B moment that's happening, where, it's, like, it actually feels like a jam session that's, like, being cut into, like, songs. Like, I yeah. love I like that feeling. I love that. Yeah. Uh, no Tomorrow. Shout out to No Tomorrow and Rather Be. I like love those two. Also, her daughter is on high heels. I was like, ah. I was like, yeah. come on with the daughter. And baby mama, it's it kind of fits because you, when you're talking about the trumpets and stuff, but like, I, I do appreciate that in her. So shout out to um, Brandy uh, for that. And then we just got word today, Kiki Palmer, she is going to be in a character in Penny, I mean, in the Proud Family um, on Netflix. I mean, ooh, child, on Disney Plus. The character's name is Maya, and she's also going to be hosting the VMAs on the 30th. So I'm just like proud that she's in her bag. She's like candy, candy, I mean, like in the bag. <laughs> like, apparently, she's uh, playing like an activist on mm-hmm. the show, too. So I thought that fits was her. Really dope. It's her, but she's always in a bag. Like I'm like, girl, when one thing closes, another door opens for her. Like that's I just on You can't even like with Kiki. Like that's not even. She's great, and I'm sure like a wonderful person and talent to like work with, because um, that helps you stay working. But also like that's a team. That's somebody who's like, 
a team who really cares about you, really make, wants to make sure that you're doing well. And like those, that takes people being around you who really care about you in order to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud. She's the millennial diva. Like I'm like really proud and I'm like really happy that she's getting her back. Cause you know, her show got, her talk show had got canceled too. So that's interesting that when that yeah. closes, another door opens. I don't know. I think it was a little early for her at that time. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that we were ready for Kiki at that time. And I don't, I'm not entirely certain that Kiki was ready to do it. I, and that isn't to say that she wasn't capable, but I don't know. Obviously, she wasn't connecting with the audience well. Otherwise, mm-hmm. probably would have Well, the only reason, well, what she told us is the reason that the show got canceled was because their show really harps on their audience. And that really can't happen when you're in COVID because the shift, their show shifted to giving like COVID updates and things of that nature. Oh, you're talking about the one she was just doing. Yeah, yeah. Not the one on BET. BET actually, that show got greenlit to like go somewhere, but it never did. So her little talk show. But this one that she's on, that she was with Michael Strahan and Old Girl, the White Girl. Sorry, I don't know her name, but it got canceled. <laughs> I don't either. I think it's like Sarah. I don't, yeah, Sarah or something. But uh, yeah, picking up a white girl name that was gonna be funny. If her name has nothing to do with Sarah. <laughs> it's Sarah. It's Michael, Sarah, and Kiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, it got canceled because there was like no audience interaction. So That's what they named it. Yeah, it was like Kiki, Michael, and Sarah. Oh, like, so what, I don't know. From the View. Oh. Yes. Yeah. The thing about it is, that's what mainstream media is going to have. I'm sorry, I'm over here yelling as well. But (laughs) mainstream media is going to have to stop trying to, like, make everybody happy. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Like, you're getting Michael Strahan, the, 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 <laughs> from the, the view and Kiki yeah. Palmer, those audiences don't care about each other. Yeah, so we need to get Kiki and get another and get you know what would have been good. Come on, million dollar idea. Let's get it. What they should have done was got Kiki, and then I know people don't like them to, to, or whatever, but Chance the Rapper needs to have like a um a spot like that. And they got Kiki and Chance the Rapper to do something together. That be turned. <laughs> and then that would have been like the audience and then people would have returned to it and loyal like that whole like the view moment only works when you let people argue but yeah. you're trying to everybody get along and be nice and you they need to come from the same world and care like that it's a 106 park energy like yes. and three were like friends in your head and like all those three of those people they don't know each other like yeah what what are y'all doing so that's what they need to do and stop and do. if you want if you want the Negroes, <laughs> you gotta go full into the pond. Don't you be want trying the to Don't be trying to just mix it up. Like, what is she doing? Yeah, it was a very unique group. We had a football player, a homemaker, and we got Kiki thrown in that mix. That just was like some shit that you just make and you trying to make it work. And it's like, all right, girl, but that chance and that Kiki, that Chicago vibe right there. Oh, one of those, like two of them up. I think Chance has like that. He's a little corny, but like whatever. And I think that like. Yeah, he's like likable in like in like that in in that way. That's like morning vibe, and that they should just try to like to do something that was like young and black instead of trying to capture an audience for cute. Like that's not that's not it. Just like you did for the the racist Megan woman, who like yeah. had a whole show. I was wondering. Um, I wonder now after you said that uh, why they haven't done that already. Because I mean, a lot of culture comes from the black youth anyway. So you would think that they would learn the tap directly into it instead of trying to like regurgitate it through whoever like, they choose. I feel like those networks, like those ABCs, NBCs, Fox News, yeah. they're like well, uh, but, like, but they're but they're like 
actually way slower to do stuff because they're probably some of the most wealthiest. So yeah. I feel like cable places like MTVs and VH1s and like all those places will experiment, try different things, do different things with late night shows. But those places, they really are dealing with a lot of money, a lot of like old wig people. So like they're slower to like really do things that are going to work and get fresh energy in there. But they're suffering yeah. because of it because people yes. don't care. Yeah. But anytime they do take the chance, it's like, Wendy is a hit. Oprah's a hit. Like, they have nothing to do with each other except the fact that they were fresh young voices that came in. But, like, you want to go ahead and, like, I don't, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, um, we're going to start with the interview portion of the yes. episode. I'm so excited. We're going to end The meat and potatoes. The meat and the potatoes. I'm going to have to find a vegan alternative for that phrase because that's not going to work for me. Okay, the tofu and the yams. I do not eat tofu, <laughs> but I'll take the yams. And the we'll seitan. The seitan and the kale. <laughs> eat a dick, beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Way. <laughs> so, um, Miles, first of all, again, thank you. Of course. Thank you. Many mm-hmm. things um, I want to talk to you about. Um, and the first thing I want to do is take it all the way back to your childhood. Um, okay. I wanted to know what self-exploration looked like for you as a kid, because you've truly grown into such a really complex and um, divine individual so one has to wonder what your life looked like before you became who you are today first things first that all was all those l's and a's not that far back (laughs) (laughs) not that far back no um um i had a really cool childhood like both of my parents um were black and queer Mm -hmm. which i think like freed me up a lot um, compared to other people. So, like, a lot of my exploration really wasn't... I think something interesting happens when um, when, you're, when your first rebellion is something that's innate in you, when mm-hmm. it's your sexuality, when it's um, things that, like, you can't help, like, things that you... that, that This is what it's going to be, and you're fighting for that. But I was doing a very similar thing as far as, like, being a teenager, being a young person, expo- or in being exploring and rebelling, but I was really fighting for my ideas. So it wasn't really about like my identity or these kind of essential parts of me. It was like these ideas that I held or um, me like kind of like coming up as my own person outside of just like gender expression or or, or sexuality or things like that. It was like it was like political ideas, creative ideas um, that I think me fighting for that has kind of um, fast forward me in a lot of ways when I when I think about it. And I think that's what a lot of people feel that like even right now, like I'm not really most I'm not really thinking about my race or my sexuality or like my gender expression when I'm writing or when I'm creating or when I'm exploring. I'm really thinking about like, you know, who I am as a consciousness or like what is like what is like, you know, where I am as like a like as like a as a cosmic thing inside mm-hmm. of a cosmic thing. Like I'm I'm like I'm kind of like on that mode because I think I had so much freedom and like the and and I wasn't yeah I, I, I think that's when I think about my childhood that's really what I feel like shaped me that I just had so much freedom to like really explore and to fight for um my ideas. Yeah. And in that in, in that 
like knowing that you grew up in a house that was queer like how did you have moments where like that clash with like what was happening like outside of your home like when you like okay well this is what I grew up in but then I'm in this environment that doesn't like feel like it's okay did you have like moments of like what in the world um so I grew up in Georgia mm. so, <laughs> so the one so the other thing about me growing up is that so it's what so I was and I say this not humbly, but I yeah. say it with an ounce of humility inside of it. I grew up in black and queer, but I also was extremely smart. Mm-hmm. Like my like I was always a very brilliant child. So I always knew that certain I was always challenging authority and I was always kind of feeling almost to elite. I had to actually deconstruct this because it wasn't healthy, but almost mm-hmm. to like elitist nature feeling like intellectually superior to my peers. Mm. Um, and that does not work when you're building community with people. But um, I had to learn that the hard way. You know, you all come here. <laughs> so work out some shit. But I was like, first of all, follow me. I'm your leader. Right, <laughs> I, I, I'm above y'all. I'm wiser. <laughs> Listen, I'm like, I'm like, first of all, so with, with, with that being said, like, I think there wasn't that much of a challenge because I didn't trust it anyway. Like, you mm. know, when I was in middle school, the, the, the um, state flag for, um, for Georgia was still the Confederate flag. Mm. So I was up in this house that was celebrating Kwanzaa and I was reading Malcolm X and Alice Haley and talking to my mother about these things. My mother, uh, her grandmother, and, excuse me, her mother, my grandmother and my mom went to a black panther school like so mm. i grew up in a black militant household too so like they, i never had a trust in the outside world oh yeah. i never had like this like commitment to my peers or i always knew that i was right and my home was where i felt very safe and i knew that the world was wacky and like i grew up george w bush was like the president britney spears who couldn't sing like i'm listening to yeah, her britney spears is y'all superstar like what's not clicking like I, I just didn't I didn't trust the happenings, you know. So mm-hmm. it was a we love the and then I was already like at the risk of sounding like insufferable, but I was already, you know, listening to my Khalees and my NERD and the roots and like oh shit. But it was it's true, I was listening to the roots. <laughs> <laughs> like R I P. But like I was listening, I was listening to that. I was really just I was on my kind of like Neo soul, psychedelic soul, with Chloe, Grace Jones. So I was already kind of in this space where I was kind of feeling like I was kind of outcasted and outcasting myself in a way. So I was already in the space where like, oh, I I don't don't blend in and I didn't want to. So like, I don't care about what y'all think because I'm actually getting a little ego boost by being affirmed that you don't, because I don't think what you care about is valuable. So like if you cared about what I, care about or agree with me i'll actually double think myself so that was it, it was like wait 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 what wow <laughs> if you liked what i like at that time it was an immature way of thinking but if you liked what i liked it's like well shit, i would like, double i would like maybe i don't like it no more right you like i want to be different i want to challenge yeah, you i came I'm in listening, i'm listening to Khalif. i'm like on oh, underground like, I'm <laughs> like i was in my house and she had frank out because i was over here pirating online wire y'all didn't know that you know what I mean? Like I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm brooding. I'm listening to Fiona Apple. I was really in that, like, kind of yeah. teenage, preteen. But since I was like ten or eleven, I was in that zone. I really mm. discovered like um, Joni and, and Elton John and, and and psychedelic soul and like a lot of the other stuff that I like grew up on. Like kind of really young at ten or eleven. So like I was kind of in that for a minute and mm-hmm. outcast and all those places. Like. 
that's what I was doing. So yes, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you for being honest about that. Uh, yeah. I think I mean I'm obviously you're self-reflective, but I think it's uh, it's hard for people on that side of the spectrum um, of intelligence to admit to that <laughs> type of behavior. Like um, I have a problem. I'm trying to fix that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to say, well, first, uh, to give everybody a little background about um, why I'm so excited about Miles being here. Um, I've been a fan of his work. He's quite prolific and um, quite intelligent, obviously. Like quite. Girl, very, we got, very, not quite. Very, very, very wise. Um, and so I don't know if you remember what I told you, the first thing I read of your work um, that made me a fan. Do no. you remember what it was? I'm scared. No, it was it was the one about uh, DL men. I couldn't even find. It. I looked for it the other day to see if I could find it on the internet, and I could not. Yes, yes, that's what I was writing for Muse for free because one of my words to be out there, and they found me. Um, I remember I was a senior in college, um, and going literally at that very mo- moment, I, my dumb ass was chasing after some. DL man who obviously had no intention of being with me. It is and, that we must all go through. <laughs> oh, unfortunate. <laughs> and you know what? It was so bad that I remember I made a YouTube video about it. Like this was literally like a storyline. <laughs> like, um, and I read it and it gave me, uh, first of all, a lot of hope because I was like, oh, okay, so other people have dealt with this. They've like gone through the process. Um, and then it also gave me some insight about like, you know, what I was sort of missing or what I wasn't looking for that I was trying to look for um, in the gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that like, there's hope for after that. So um, since then, obviously been reading a lot of your work um, and I just wanted people to know that before I ask the next question. I just wanted to say um, that your literary voice is unique and insightful. So I wanted to know what informs it. Like, what would you say um, contributed to the crafting of that voice? Um, I think more than anything, it's really, it was really important for me to be able to tell a really good story. Mm. And I actually think that like songwriters, um, really good songwriters, like 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 a um, Nina Simone, like a Joni Mitchell, informed me just as much as like really good writers. I really didn't read um, a lot of things about other black gay men until I was like in my late teens, early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Baldwin that really came like later. I read, um, I started like reading bell hooks in high school, but like a lot of, so so people who were able to tell really riveting stories is how I did it because I've always felt like I understood the the juice in what I'm trying to explain. But like, I guess my thing has been like, okay, how can I make somebody want to read it? Cause I've read people who have, I'm like, oh, you're brilliant. Like you have the idea, everything's good. But like, I don't care because I am bored. Like, mm. like it's it could be really difficult I think as artists, like you can't, you can't just have the, I consider myself an artist, so I can't just have the information. I have to figure out how do I make that information productive, riveting, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that like me watching people who storytell through other mediums outside of just writing um, has really helped shape my literary um, experience because I really want things to feel cinematic. I want to make scenes with like certain paragraphs. I want to like certain sentences just to be beautiful poetry, just to be like, oh, that was like, that hit me in a way that like, you know, 
it just felt good or I just read really beautiful or that was like devastating in the best way. Like that was a really beautiful sentence. Like to me, that's what keeps people good. And I really have faith in like the, I'm really not telling anybody anything new because essentially what I'm saying in that essay is that like, you know, it's a Phoenix story, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you will be good. I went through a dark time. You will be good. That that is a common story. Yeah. <laughs> that storytellers, the storytellers will continue to say, and we need different ways of saying it. So my job is not necessarily to figure out the new idea, but 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 the new way of saying it, or or a way that is um, collage of old ways of saying it that feel new. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I know you talked about some of like your fate, like some from some of your favorite writers. Um, but do you have like a top three that are like? Um, that help you create and then also are there some artists that you're now writers I'm sorry that you're now starting to like get into um y- yes and yes so mm-hmm. up three are exes Hemp Hill mm-hmm. love like love is poetry Tony Morrison this is in no order okay no order Tony Morrison like humbling humbling <laughs> like hold up <laughs> you're like hold up what's uh-huh. going on why would you i'm like hold on uh-huh. um nikki giovanni i remember when i first came to brooklyn i was having like a really hard time i was just in my mid-20s so it wasn't like especially hard it was just what happens when like your world is moving you're catching up to it and you're like yo this you don't need to be on and yeah take you by your wig and i would like walk around um I would walk around Brooklyn and I would put on, so on Spotify, they have her um, uh, audio of um, Cotton Candy on the Rating Day, like the whole poetry. So she's like reciting mm. all the poems from that book. And I used to put it on play and repeat and just walk around and like look at the scenery as I'm looking at her. And like, it, A, made me fall in love with the borough of Brooklyn. <laughs> and also, it just, they just put a calm over me. But her, her language is actually very um, clear. It's mm. not not as poetic, or is very extremely poetic, but it's not as metaphorical or cryptic as people usually say, like, um, I feel like good poetry or good writings always need to be, like, kind of, like, cryptic yeah. and, 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 and dramatic, but, like, it's very clear, very direct, very conversational. And I really felt like during those times she was talking to me, and I just, she's just a writer and a poet that I always return to that makes me feel so at home. Um, and now I've been really into... Honestly, it's interesting because I've been really bad at reading <laughs> lately. It's been really hard for me to like, there's been like this kind of like anxiety in my, um, I don't even call it anxiety, this urgency in my gut mm-hmm. around um, exploring different mediums that like I, I have been like listening to like a lot of like sort of raw poems and I've been like, but I haven't like sat down and like read a body of work in a room, mm. which is like, shameful i guess for other writers but i'm like <laughs> open to it i've been reading so much my whole like life and it actually feels like good to like say like let me fall in love with other ways of th- that people produce what like produce words so like really yeah. lately i've been listening i've been listening to words more than anything i've been really listening to how different poets have like i've been like like Allen J- Ginsberg's um, Howl and like the audio from that and like, Nick, like returning Nikki Giovanni and Sun Ra has like this book of poetry that's like audio. Like I've really been on that wave and like yeah. being like the soundscapes that people create or like 
sometimes even ripping the audio and creating my own soundscapes or taking like conversations that people have and like chopping and screwing. Like I've really been into like literally hearing people talk, but I think there's something so isolating about reading and I think yeah. has made me thirsty for um, connection. So I've been actually addicted to like making things feel like I'm being, that I'm having a conversation that I'm that talking to people. So, but wow. then too many people are talking, then I want to go in my room and read. <laughs> you gotta like, calm down. I don't want to hear nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Toni Morrison, I actually read Sula because um, because of you actually because I hadn't I had seen Blue's Eye one day and I was like I'm not gonna read that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like looking up which ones I wanted to read um, just so I could be exposed to Toni Morrison's writing. And right. I remember like getting halfway through that and just being so amazed by how Sula was written, like yeah. as a character, like how she just like unfolds and then all the relationships around her. And I was like, well, damn, this, this Tony might be the baddest bitch. My <laughs> right, right, right. girlfriend's what? Um, <laughs> and then um, I actually have, I actually, oh my God creepy cosmic synchronicity universal story um last year when she transitioned i had looked up all my tweets about tony morrison and then and she transitioned on the fifth and then the year before that so that would be 2018 Mm -hmm. i tweeted um i had tweeted like i'm gonna get a tony morrison um tattoo and it and and I quoted Sula. It was um like any artist without an art form, she became dangerous. And I was like, I will get this tattooed on me. And it was a literally a clean. I had tweeted that August fifth, two thousand eighteen. So like it was like this like kind of clean moment where I was like, you know, I like literally heard Beyonce's "You Were Part of Something Way Bigger" in my head. I'm like, hold on, <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, <laughs> like, and I'm and I had actually got that tattoo the day that transitioned. I went out and I got a tattoo. Um, Right underneath my, uh, right underneath my kneecaps, and I wrote a poem because of that. Really, that that quote actually inspired. Because um, I was having a hard time expressing myself creatively, and I was getting really frustrated about it. Um, takes a lot of work to go and join a production, um, mm-hmm. and I guess I I just sort of felt powerless at the time. So I remember writing a poem I called "Artless" that was literally triggered from reading that that mm-hmm. quote. Mm-hmm. See, it was it was interesting because I went through like some of the friendship cycles. Uh, <laughs> it's funny now. But like I just went through some friendship cycles. I just went through like some social stuff. And then like me having to like wrestle with like are these people full of shit? Sure. Did these people betray you? Did these people do X, Y, and Z, da da da, whatever. Yes, but let's also take personal responsibility. What did you do to attract that into your environment? And then also, you couldn't have been that innocent if these people are or who you are, you know, warring against because you know mm. elephants aren't just aren't aren't actually warring with mice. That is a myth. That's not really happening. You know, so like, what were you? How are you acting if you find yourself surrounded with rats? It's because you were acting like a rat. So I had to look at myself in the mirror, and I was what? like, Why were you being a rat? <laughs> what was going on what was going on dummy like I, <laughs> I don't really talk to myself and it was like oh I was an artist without an art form I had found myself so limited by the pen and by paper that I wasn't able to explore different parts of myself and I wasn't able to really express all the worlds that were inside of me mm-hmm. and um when you when you 
can't create the world, you create these petty wars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's what we're even seeing on a national scale. You see like all these wars burgeoning out because really like these are countries and nations that are pregnant with worlds and different ways of being that they yeah. manifest. And instead of that, there's like wars and these, these wars happening. And that was happening internally inside of my own interior world and inside my own little personal social circle. And that was my, um, that is, this is my tattoo of accountability for that moment of just being like, yo, I was, I was an artist without an art form and you know, I, I got some yeah. paint and I, and, I, and I made some poetry and we threw it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're somebody that is definitely spiritual. And, you know, when you were saying transition, I definitely knew what you meant by that. And I appreciate you actually saying the word transition instead of the other word, because that's way more, that's really, really way more respectful. So what are your like spiritual go-to like things that you do to help you like stay who you are and Zen and like very like one with our ancestors? Um. What number one is meditation? Mm. Number one, like I think that like everything else is null, and I don't. Yeah, I th- but I do think that like there there is that meditation calms you down enough so you can receive the information, so you can feel the connection, so you feel the impulses, like that that calming of your mind and our minds. We can identify with our thoughts. We can identify with our ideas, our memories. We can identify the self as those things. Yeah. And meditation creates daily practice where you separate yourself from, um, where you separate yourself from your thoughts and your memories, and say, "Oh, I am, I am a witness, a holy witness to these things," and I don't have to then identify with any of these things at any point in time. So, like, yeah. that's really important to do. That's number one. And then everything else is kind of like what I felt called and interested in doing like my mother um is a tarot reader voodoo spiritual practitioner she's a very interesting i feel like i feel like sometimes when i talk about my family like my dad was a jazz musician like when i talk about my family it's almost like what cartoon did you get birthed out of dead ass ass. i think of crooklyn i literally think of crooklyn like i I just think of very much very like this house is free like it's very like black and like Think about like a Spike Lee movie, like something yeah, like that you would see. That Kirkland's one is my favorite Spike Lee movie, so it's funny. Oh, but yeah. It's definitely, but it's definitely like that. But sometimes I like, I'm like, yeah, now she reads tarot and like she does like past like depression and like she's just a cool like lesbian mama. Like it's fun. Mm. But um, but yeah, so like she um, I had figured out I had a gift for like tarot, so like that 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 was my um. Once I kind of understood like mediumship and like tarot reading and psychic abilities and stuff like that, that became the, the thing that kind of like lured me in. So like then I started like getting tarot cards and doing yeah. that. and that keeps me connected. Um, there's a book that I read from called Course in Miracles that's kind of like this um, foundational book about inner peace that I find really helpful for me that mm. I passage like, from. So like I kind of return to it how a lot of people do. Um, so maybe do the Bible. So that's okay. like, Thing. But more than anything, I really strive to make every single moment a spiritual moment. Mm-hmm. And if I feel in any moment that it is not spiritual, meaning that an energy, emotional significance is being met with a physical reality, that to me is like the definition of spiritual. If, mm-hmm. if, if I was those- going to ask. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah so if, if those things aren't happening, then I really want to investigate why it's existing in my life. Because I think I came here to have a 100% total spiritual experience um, manifested through, you know, physical space, time, reality. So um, I, I, 
I, I am happy to say that I really feel like most of the things that I do are like extremely spiritual. And if not, then I really try to get some pay somebody to do it for me. <laughs> okay, bring it in, bring it in. I need that spirit, it's spiritual. Come on. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, hold on. I'm like, so we gonna drop off the laundry because that don't feel very spiritual to me no more. <laughs> and then, you know, with everything else, I try to like make sure from writing to, um, to, to, to of course, tarot reading and to- yeah walking like every I just try to make sure everything is just like is just soaked in 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 that in that spirituality um but meditation is the is, is what makes that pop possible yes making that possible two things I wanted to appreciate um send appreciation to you for putting those two together the spiritual um spirituality mm. and the physical world because I think and I know this is true for me when I first started my journey I thought that I had to live in the spiritual and completely like disregard mm. the physical. And I didn't realize that they're like an experience that you, that um, coordinate. And I also didn't see the value of like being here. It, and so at that point it was like, I was trying to escape. So I was like, I'm going to escape to spirituality, not realizing that I, had, I needed to use it as a tool um, to carry out what I, intended to carry out when i came into the physical world in the first place mm. exactly exactly it's about like recognizing why you incarnate and then you really start um and for me like it's kind of like this recognition that the that because even how we think about spirituality now and it, it was keeps it like commodified because like you can really really make sure that like spiritual practices and spiritual things are sellable when yeah. when you make it something that like has to remove you from physical yeah you know and, and, for, and for me like it's about this kind of like constant understanding this constant recognition that that that, that everything was had to have been thought first you know yes. for me understanding like this world this universe this galaxy my physical body all these things are actually reactions to an energetic offering like even like how like beautiful I think that I am and how smart that I think that I am all these things are manifestations of it of an energy first so yeah. I came I came down here with an intention and then I manifested into that fetus and I manifested into that child and I did all these different things but this is a manifestation of an energy first and when you think of like the world like that when you think about the moon like that when you think of the sun like that when you really think about like the galaxy, the world, our lives as poetry, and like what is what what is the metaphor inside of this big sun, like feeding us and, and lighting us and lighting the way, and 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 and, and letting darkness not like rain anymore. Like there is a poetry in every single part of this universe, and I think that's why even like people are attracted to astrology because it really says like. The, what what is the value of Venus if we're not really talking if if, it, if we're not really discussing all the things that like Venus and Pluto and these things are traditionally hold to like mm. our ancestors and I think that like there's ways to do that in your life too where it's like the skin the things that you love the luxuries that you love um, the things you want to work on things you feel you care about the things you don't care about and when you start understanding there's a poetry to them even down to like your love of chocolate like 
that's a poetic thing for somebody with like my skin tone to like love chocolate and, yes. it's, and it's beautiful and it's romantic and it's and it's and it's and it's and it's um and it's sensual and like and for me to like have like silks on my wall and like Grace Jones and like spurs and like it's something and but me being in the middle of Brooklyn a Flatbush Brooklyn and having this like temple this queer temple in the middle of Flatbush Brooklyn like that is a poem of itself you know it's not just for band, band of <laughs> I'm on a journey over here. Over. <laughs> I didn't close. If y'all didn't see this, I closed my eyes for like a second. <laughs> I said, wait, we is live. I'm over here like visual of all of this. Like, yes. But it's like, but so it's like those are the things. So like even how like you adorn yourself and the things that you love and the things that you put on yourself and the luxuries that you have that are physical, material in nature, once you understand that there's like this spiritual reason why it sings to your soul, like, A, there's no guilt about what you like and what you don't like. And then also it's really it really makes you recognize that the gag is you're in this humongous spiritual poem that is manifesting physically. And once you start recognizing those things, there's nothing to like, there's no minimum, you don't have to go into the temple or get rid of your stuff or do any of those other things. It's about just knowing where it came from. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the thing and white supremacy will have you kind of like not know where it's come from but you can't really look at the sun that's the perfect approximate from the earth <laughs> that you can't really look at the moon that's a perfect approximate of the earth that controls the water and you can't really you can't really look at those type of big celestial cosmic things and say like but it's all meaningless or there's no poetry behind it or I'm I'm not a part of that like you, you got yeah. you got the poetry you got to get into that 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 beautiful poem that some people call god some people call higher self some people call whatever but as long as you're calling it i think a lot of people would hear you say those things they would hear you talk about um you know the significance of those experiences and getting deep into them and feeling the Mm -hmm. imagery of it sensation of it and they would say it's not that deep um like, I know that I personally, I love to sensate. Like, I, I love to feel things and very sensationally. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to talk about or think about how it connects to other parts of my life and explaining yeah. that to people. I've heard people say it's not that deep. Um, yeah. So what do you think is the headspace that differentiates the two? Mm. That's a good question. That deep into... So they're not getting that deep into experience. And maybe not experiencing it that deeply, right? Like, um, they don't see how you can get all of that from one thing. Yeah. So our experiences are reflections of our, our there's no external exterior experience. It's not a, f- a reflection of your, inter- of your internal experience, mm-hmm. period. So with saying that, <laughs> this is not like a KO for people, but see, this is how I'll be having to, I be having to watch my mouth. <laughs> really like, like, feelings, but I'm like, oh, it's not that deep because you're not that deep, or because you haven't tapped into those waters for yourself, you know? Because I, it's true. Not, it's not. This means nothing, right? I'm imbuing this with meaning. This means nothing. This means nothing. I'm imbuing with meaning. I'm telling you what to do. And if if it does mean something for you, it's because of your set of experiences and your set of moments that have. A mu- mu- meaning and you're now projecting that onto me so you are the poet interpreting the poetry that i'm offering you and if you have not done that work of creating poetry out of your life then yes it will not mean anything to you that is that is your duty as a divine creator is to create the meaning mm. and to create that so it's not that deep for you because you have not actually swim in those wells 
which it could be you who knows why there's some people who have dealt with traumas and or have fears that are so deep rooted or deep seated and that and that might and this might be your your path of least resistance to having a life that's good for you is actually not going to that and actually feeling that most things are not that deep and just having a, a life of like fantasy and nightmare and like and everything else is kind of normal and um and stuff but i choose to have a life that every moment is a luxurious gift and i try to like and i try to see that in every single moment and i tr- and i try to appreciate that every single moment and i know when i do do that that things manifest for me that reflect where my mind is mm-hmm. and that's how you know a bitch gets flower from beyonce you don't get you don't get certain things this is not me bragging but kind of you don't get bring it up bring it up you don't get certain things you don't you don't occupy certain spaces you don't get certain opportunities you don't get those moments if you out of the blue you get them because you intentionally see every single thing as a gift and then the gift just gets get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and that and that's and that's what you do but you give us like the background of that for the listeners of how you got those flowers from beyonce yes well i think <laughs> some of, most of the background in my childhood i had a great mom and upbringing and i was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> come on we listen this is a show this is a show where we are okay with you talking high of yourself it is this is that space so bring it all up so that's a, so that that's what I was really talking about my mama because that was the first thing she was like first of all I did that mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got that so um so yeah um I it's actually a really cool story because I had already planned to move to New York um I was I'm from Atlanta like I was planning to move to New York and a month before I was moving February um I tweeted um about how I felt about Beyonce losing the Grammys and a New York Times um. Uh, editor reached out to me the next day and asked me to write and asked me if I wanted to write it and I was like sure and I wrote it it was really easy um, <laughs> and <laughs> it was like and it, and it came out and then you know, later I got a call from Yvette saying that she loved it and they wanted my address and wanted to give me a gift and it was this beautiful bouquet of roses with lemons in it and a note from me and it was like really it was a, it was a dope moment it was like a really mm-hmm. cool moment that was affirming but it happened that clean month before and then I had went on a New Orleans trip and it was a clean month before I came to New York or before I moved to New York so it felt very affirming about my choices mm-hmm. and again other people can see whatever they want to see but for me it was a spiritual conversation I was having with me and my higher self because if I'm in New York Times while I'm still in Atlanta then New York is the right thing to do if I'm Mm. getting if I'm getting flowers and offerings and devotion from one of my favorite performers and one of the best performers ever when I'm just thinking about taking this risk then just go ahead and take it baby like that was really why it was important to me is because I've always done that but again Spirit has always been showing me the poetry and has always allured me to see the poetry. And that's how I got into writing even, to see the poetry and even my traumas and stuff like that. Yeah. So when I have moments like that, I'm like, I'm like, we we here, I got it. Like, I'm not lost in the shallowness of it. I really see what you're communicating with me right now. Mm. So mm. That, that that's why that was really, like important for me. Um, and so many other amazing things have happened. Like, mind you, I did like, I like graduated high school, but I didn't go, I didn't go to college and I got to like, I got to like um, teach at the new school. Yes, I, was yeah. about that. I said when I said, "Girls, we going into schools without." Come on, that's that's <laughs> brilliant. Because yeah. I wanted him to know. Yeah, I got to I got to do a lot of cool like cool stuff. Like even like I, I've been a humongous fan of Janelle Monae and got to like forge like 
a, a, a moment, like a moment with her and like, and, 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 just, and just link with people who I really appreciate, who I feel like who have really helped me expand and I've helped them expand. And it's been such a cool moment. But me also knowing that I did it with me and my ancestors in spirit, and I didn't do it through permission, but by any white supremacist institution. Mm-hmm. I did it because <laughs> like, I was born with everything I needed. <laughs> and okay. I added, like I just added silk and velvet, but I was like, girl, I'm good. Like, all this other shit is a scam, and that and that always affirms. For real. <laughs> um, there's something that I've heard you say a couple times. You said it uh, just 15 minutes ago um, about being a witness, and I hear you use that phrase a lot. I want to you to explain the significance of of being a witness to me and to the rest of our listeners, because I think when I first heard you say it, it really changed the way I saw my place in the world and like how I saw my involvement in matters, how I saw, you know, my re- a feeling of responsibility to do things. Yeah. I think a, like in order to be, I'm trying to like get, get some light, some, get some light going. <laughs> I like actually getting up. Um, I don't think that's really doing nothing. Okay. But, but yeah, so I think that first, um, like being a witness for me is like essentially just about like observing things, reflecting on things, being critical about things. Like that's like the intellectual responsibility of being a witness for me. And I think the spiritual, the spiritual part of being a witness is about more so um, giving things enough space, enough distance in order for you to observe what's really being said and, and, and do it. Like so much about like everything like makes you want to like react. It makes you want to talk about stuff. And I really had to sit back and see and, 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 and be a witness and be like, okay, I see what society's saying I should react to this, but like, how do I feel about it? And witnessing it and like, and not being so, cause certain things will happen and your first reaction will be reactionary. And it might be like, yes, you should be sad or yes, you should be mad. But being, going to that witness space is giving yourself enough time to actually see what the, what, what the poem is. Mm. But what the lesson is what the what the what what the teaching is what what is being what is being offered to you what is being uprooted what's being what's happening what's going on what are you are a part of what is the bigger thing that you might be a part of that you might not be able to see when you're looking in your your myopic one world view when you come yeah. back and get back into the witness that like makes you a part of the the one you know like mm-hmm. being able to yeah. see that you're like okay what's going on like maybe Maybe we're like returning this nation, this planet back to love. And maybe we're in the middle of something that we've actually seen before. Maybe we're in the middle of the same thing a generation of people were, to, were called to do when we called the Hall of Renaissance and when we called yeah. the 70s, when we called it like maybe we're in that same moment. And this is a, 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 a poem that we've told many a times of returning people to closer to like love and this nation, this planet's closer to love. And maybe instead of panicking, it's time to like occupy the role that yeah. you were told that you're supposed to occupy. And that and that calmness and that perspective and that calmness can only happen when you're willing to be the witness. When you're mm-hmm. willing to be somebody who sees things and doesn't decide things, but like and 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 receives things and doesn't try to create things. And and that to me is what a being a witness is. Thank you for that. Cause I it really it gave me so much clarity and it allowed me to just take a step back 
from feeling so much anxiety about all the things that were going um, going on. Like, I just genuinely feel super stressed out about things. Um, And hearing you say that made me feel like I could just take a second, just be calm. Yeah. Evaluate, figure out how it relates to me, figure out how I can manage to see how this all plays out, you know, and how it means to the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and understanding that, like, listen, one of my favorite, you know, I'm going to be 113 still saying this, but one of my favorite things to tell people, like specifically clients, I'm like, listen, the universe didn't start with a big hug. It started with a big bang. So sometimes shit goes down. And sometimes, and sometimes during those moments, you got to, you're like, hold, you start, you, you got to get it together or you got to calm down or certain habits and coping mechanisms can't carry you through because, you know, mm. for whatever reason, like those things, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get right. And sometimes when you act spirit to create, it doesn't happen in a way that like, from your perspective feels comfortable, yeah. you know, and when you, when you call to do some stuff and you, we're, we're, in, we're in one of those moments, we're in one of those, those times where I don't know, like, I kind of feel like I was born to be in 2020. Mm-hmm. I was born to be in this, in this particular moment. Yeah. I think you definitely have to come from a place of, um, in order to do that, of surrender. Like, you really have to surrender to the circumstances. And then you have to be like, how do I sit in this and, like, breathe? You got to breathe through that shit. Yeah. Really Mindfulness. Do. You do. You do. You have to surrender. You have to. Yes, you have to breathe. You have to breathe through. You have to surrender. But you also just have to, like, you have to be okay with knowing that in a certain way that like specifically in this specific moment we've been told that there's something that we can't that must be corrected yeah and the imbalance is always going to correct itself and understanding that like you following your bliss feels like a very light word for it but when you when you have like this purpose, when you have this thing that like calls you that you love to do, knowing you're playing your part in that, you know, and I think so many people kind of like put that on pause in order to do something where it's like, no, you're you are even told what your work is. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you when you when you're on that frequency of like love and when you and when you're feeling passion and when you're feeling those things, that's where you're useful. That's when you have energy to spare. That's when you have things to keep on going. When you're doing something that depletes you, you're not useful. Mm. You, you were easily exhausted. You're easily distracted. You're easily um, uh, convinced of other things. Like, you need to be where your passion and your focus actually is, is there and present, you know? And to me, that, that's really important, too. That's... So tell me, um, you said something about being called to do the work. What was your call to do psychic work, to do tarot readings? Um... Mm and any other divination practices you're doing? Yeah, I think a kind of... So I've always been a little spooky. Like, I always, like, like I've always Not been... Spooky. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to use, like, language, like this is what I would say. But, like, uh, but I've always been, like, a little bit, like, just, like, the family I grew up in and, like, people doing hoodoo and like I've always been like that's always been a part of like my everyday life you know that's always been a part of like my like 
my family life or whatever and like being intentional about like manifestate manifestations and uh, and alignment and, and ancestral work it's always been a part of it but i did not know how to necessarily have that and also occupy a space where i was taken seriously as somebody who's making social political cultural um critique. Mm, so those, right. two, those two things were separate from each other and then there was this thing where like spirit put on me was just like what if there's a bridge mm. necessary and your life is that bridge. And I said, well, hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. I said, I said, I said, that sounds like purpose. Um, so yeah, like, like, I feel like that, that, that was it. Like where it was like, I started doing it for my friends, like discreetly. And I started doing it for myself. And I always know, like I've always had different mystical experiences throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, I always knew that like I was a, part of something way bigger and and that ancestors were there and I think that's how come like I saw a lot of success really early because I am 29 and like even the New York Times in those moments come on. Like, hmm? I said come on 29 with all these successes I'm like is he yeah, in his absolutely. 40s <laughs> <laughs> no. so, so, the, so I think the alignment like that happens was like I've always kind of like been tapped into that world of being like okay here's where you need to go baby and I was like please I don't want to do this from high school, I don't want to do whatever they're doing. So I kind of like, I was like, where, where, where do I need to go? And me listening to that call. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but then it was, it, it was, a, that moment happened with my social circle and me also understanding that even me being how I am was by design and me now going through my experiences, my, now I have my expertise that I, yes, as me came here with a purpose, but also seeing me as like a kind of a collective we of like, there's just no way that like I'm with like in front of like you, you two beautiful people and like 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 we're all like a family, we're all like a we like we we all decided to come here. You know what I mean? We're expressions embodying different bodies and different personalities, different life experiences. But we all came here for 2020, yeah. so like it felt like a lot of times in order to get certain things when it comes to your purpose, when it comes to abundance, when it comes to certain experiences, you have to, you have to go through certain spiritual truths and, and certain, and learn certain spiritual emotional lessons, you know, society will have you working really hard and have you going crazy and, 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 and sweating more and, and kind of making it through. But what I know for sure is that most of us came and what, that's what we would call like bloodline family curses. Most yeah. people, most people came in order to like transcend a certain type of thing that's in their bloodline, um, a certain type of habit or a certain type of perspective that needs to be transmuted. And um, it kind of was on, it was just kind of put on me that like through tarot, I can help people navigate that transformation, speed it up and, 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 and get, and get through it quicker. And through, and, and it was fun for me. It was curious. I'm nosy. <laughs> And when he was hot topics, so sometimes I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? Ooh, and Ooh. You're, like I'll I'll get better, I'll get more information like about people, and yeah. so it's entertaining for me as somebody who's practicing it. It makes me feel closer to um, my own ancestors by practicing it. I feel like it frees me up to not feel confined. Where it's like I don't want ever. I I felt like I was aged kind of quickly mm. when I. New York, I was like, most and people were like always like, you know, black and white pictures, like James Ball, like this kind of narrative around like James Baldwin and black and white pictures. And like, I was kind of like aged kind of quickly. And I felt like me taking on like doing like tarot and like me doing just other mediums has just like kind of like made it so I'm 
occupying the age that I actually am and feeling yeah. like a bit lighter. So it's just, it's been just overall really good. But yeah, I, I had got a reading and then they were like, so your ancestors want you to do this, not now, but right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. I was like, or what? And then, you know, the thunder happened and I was like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you said, okay, let me, let me start now. Let me. Right. I was like, no way. Come on. I'm going to Amazon, right? Right. Express shipping. You know, you know yeah. I started, then I started watching that so Raven. And I was like, hold on. I got it. I got it. But yeah, I, 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 I it just felt like my, my part, my yeah. bigger part, like through my writing, I've been helping people do the same thing of navigating certain things and moving through certain things. And for tarot, it's just another version of like helping people navigate through certain things. It's really all the same. It's all the same purpose. It's helping people move through energies and arrive at a better self that they did. It's all doing the same thing. Yes. We also know that you over here DJ too as well. So you like have some things under your belt and stuff like that. So can you tell us about like how you got into DJing and also like, like what inspired some of your mixes? Yeah, um, I wanted to do, so when I started, like, learning more about, or, like, even, like, returning back to, like, what I knew about, like, Orishas and, like, different things and stuff like that, I kind of, like, so remember what I was saying about the bridge? Yeah. That I was talking about? I've always, at my best, felt like I had the opportunity to be a bridge to a lot of different worlds that I occupy, mm-hmm. and worlds that kind of, like, bridge, like, the... And like this non-respectable bridge to a lot of different things where like you actually can't, I know for sure I've actually done enough for myself and to other people that like you actually can't subvert my intelligence. Mm. And I also know that I like am good enough at this spiritual gift that like I have people who have like these like testimonies about like me not knowing them and me be able to do that. And then also when it comes to music, like, so I guess I'm, music specifically mixes became this way of like bridging music that I think people don't see as spiritual into a spiritual way. So like mm. I want to do things for like Oshun and like talk about water and like uh. Oshun, Oshun represented Venus and abundance and money and like and, and beauty and all this other stuff. I was like, oh black Americans have oh we've always had music like that. We have some of it's named after crime mob. Some of it, <laughs> some, some of it is like some. Some of it is old school R and B from the eighties. Some of it's seventies. Some of it's jazz and stuff like that. And some of it's conversations that I would hear. But it was really about like bridging those different worlds together. And like me being in 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 like even like Black Angels was like we've always had these like kind of like angelic overarching themes inside of our music and like yeah. always been describing that and like really reorienting and re and and. and and centering the music that we have made across genre, across respectability, across like be it trap music, be it like this like be it like soul, be it jazz, like really bridging those things together and saying that they actually all do exist in this one big black galaxy that I that I see and I feel like I've always like occupied and been really interested in like in in in, in, in being inside of yeah. and something really cool about like doing something for like like Shango and like calling you Black Fire, but then also attaching it to what was happening in the streets at the time with the riots happening, but then also having these like songs about like, like I put like everybody was compu fighting next to Nuck a few Buck and, yeah. and then like next to like, but like also like kind of like saying like, okay, everybody was compu fighting, which is like this like 70s, yeah. like, um, <laughs> shame, like, like, 
like cliche song, but like yeah. also pushing it to like Not the Buck, which is like notorious fight songs specifically from Atlanta. But I was just saying there's actually not that much difference between those things. No, nope. actually calling on the same energy that if we were still on the continent, we might refer to a Shango and the same idea is happening. And then also having like Angela Davis play over like Farrell Sanders as she's talking about prison abolition. And as Farrell Sanders is talking about like, or playing these songs that are really talking about this like transcendence from like universes and like and talking about like the black person being escaping a certain type of brutality and a certain type of um reality through you know through space travel you know and through spiritual travel and like putting angela davis who's actually doing that in a more practical real earthbound way through her um talk about abolition and just being that bridge and like i feel like i'm the embodiment of that or i try my best to be the embodiment of like that bridge and i want my work to be that bridge where like doesn't matter where you come from what you are who you feel like you are like that kind of correcting that elitism that kind of helped me that i needed in order to protect me when I first came and when I first, you know, was grown and I needed that, like, I'm better than you. And now that I can <laughs> actually, like, correcting what I did and saying, like, you know what, I'm actually not better than anybody. And the reason why I have this perspective is so I can, like, create these, like, various forms of bridges yeah. to feel accepted and feel empowered and healed, hopefully. That yeah. actually answered another one of my questions. First of all, Black Water is really that girl. Uh, thank you. I love that was fun. Let me play that back. Let me go play that real when I get done. She slaps. Let me play that when I get done. I need some black water. <laughs> um, so you know, I think it's black fire, black water. What's another? What are the names of them? Um, black angels, beautiful black angels, black pleasure. Black I'm like, pleasure. let me find this out now. So um, they're very purposeful names. What inspires them? And what do you want us to get from those names? Like, what do you want these to do for us? You've explained it a little bit, or actually in pretty in-depth, but I want you to tell us what each one is supposed to do for us. Yes, I think that... um... So I started with Black Angels and I started seeing like all these kind of like angelic themes and like I really have been curious about like, um, this is, I'm Aquarius Moon, so like it's it's (laughs) strange. But like me kind of like challenging or thinking about like, okay, like what is like, what is an angel? What is an alien? Are these things that like maybe cross ways, like how we see things that are people who having mystic experiences seeing ancestors were they seeing orishas were they seeing aliens were they seeing what are or is or were all those things like one thing like like let's say you like saw something right and like you're defining it as this and you're defining as this but is it like one thing and then of course like me being you know me i'm like well it's all black so i think that it's all going back to that so like me and and then also thinking about the angels i use um whitney houston and like like her as the fairy godmother as like my representation of like a black angel growing up and like really me being very curious about exploring that that one singular theme and I guess in my own way you know what it felt like it feels like spray painting a lot of stuff and saying this is the defining a lot of stuff like, I don't know if I'll always continue to do black, black, this, black, this, black, this, but it felt very important for me to, like, define how me as Miley Johnson, how I feel about black this. 
Yeah. Beautiful Black Angels, Black Pleasure. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like Betty Davis, Patti LaBelle. It also sounds like H-Town. It also sounds like Adina Howard. It sounds like all these different things. This is Black Pleasure for me. This is what Black Water sounds like for me. It's going to sound anxious. It's not African. It's going to sound like yeah. but it's also going to sound abundant. It's also going to talk about money. It's also going to like, this is what Black Fire sounds like to me. <laughs> you know what? Those, they're, they're so, so, so good. I love the uh, one that it was Black Water. I, I really Stand it. Um, because really there was Um, I want you to plug your website as well as um, anything 
else you want us to know? I have personally um, gotten a tarot reading from Miles. It was very thorough. I loved it. It helped me um, make a couple of like huge life decisions. Um, and it was exactly what I needed at the time. I will be coming to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, rapturemiles.net is where all my info is. And I think that I am really into because I have some really cool things that I'm working on and like collaborations that I'm doing and I'm just like really into like having people um just be surprised about like yo who knew that this is what he was working on or who knew this was happening or like yes. and he was just tweeting shit and now this is happening like I like that idea but like right now what went public because it's what my friend Kenzie is I'm the project manager for he has this thing called trap gardening and he started this thing called the unplanned plant the underground plant trade where white people are giving black people self-care items, including plants. Um, it has been granted a grant from Dave's magazine and it, it's being um, spotlighted by them and also a few other things that we've been working on and I'm the project manager. So making sure that that uh, specific project is communicated to the world correctly. Yes. You know, I'm a, I'm a Libra rising, so I'm an aesthetic an aesthetic bitch. I love, I love, I love a look. Bitch, I need a look, okay? And, uh, and the business is, is where it needs to be and, and taking mm-hmm. what I learned through my time in media and, and employing it with my, one of my good friends in this new business venture. So that, that's what I'm publicly working on right now and everything else on this. Yes. Create a moment. Yes. What are your socials that people can follow you on as well to get these aesthetics and these vibes? <laughs> rapture Miles, um, Rapture, like the biblical rapture, NYLES is on everything, everything, Instagram, Twitter, Cash App, and more. Come on. Hey. Put the, come on. Come on. Well, first of all, thank you uh, so much, uh, Miles. Come on with the coins. Thank you so much, Miles, for being a part of this show. Um, we really appreciate you being, being here, and we know our listeners are, uh, are really appreciative of your content and what you do and things of like that, and just being unapologetically you, regardless of what these niggas around us are trying to uh make us to be so we really appreciate that um and we're glad that you're here with us um so if you all want to finish uh these conversations with me and devin um on our profiles on our platforms you can hit me up personally on my instagram and my twitter at underscore l-o-r-d-e-v-e-r-y on twitter and instagram and you can follow me on uh Instagram at Derwin King, <laughs> D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G, and on Twitter at Free Negro. So that's F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-X. I did not fuck it up this time. No. And if you would love to continue the conversation on the podcast's platforms, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at That Black Boy Joy. But you can also hit us up in our Gmail at That Black Boy Joy Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also listen to the audio and our visuals that we have on our YouTube channel at That Black Boy Joy. So do not forget that we actually have these this content on our YouTube as well. Uh, thank you so much, um, Miles, for being a part of the show. We want people to leave with love and spirituality and making sure you talk to your ancestors and meditate. Uh, so without further ado, thank you all so much for being a part of the show with us. Bye! Hey. I'm talking about the